Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Final move. Realest guys in the room. How you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? Hello and welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host Scotty Wrestling. This is a very big week in wrestling, or at least wrestling that I follow, meaning it's a very big week for the show. We got AEW coverage, stardom coverage, WWE coverage, predictions, previews, all that jazz. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We will kick off with... AEW this week because uh, both Stardom and WWE are giving me shows to preview for this weekend. So I will, you know, have that at the end of the show or towards the end of the show, in the middle of the show. But we will start off with AEW. AEW had a solid week of dynamite this week. A lot of young talents included on the show the Varsity Blondes, the Acclaim. Uh, top flight, I believe. So a lot of a lot of work for the young guys. Now, I only have a few notes here. This wasn't a massive show by any means, but it was a good show. Like I said, so let's talk Hangman Page. Hangman Page tagged with John Silver. And Alex Reynolds against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Now, they ended up losing. I believe it was Alex Reynolds who was pinned by Matt Hardy. And I want to know what AEW's plan is with Hangman Page. Now, I thought they did really good work with Page ever since he lost at All Out last year. I thought his kind of like... Somewhat spiraled to leaving the Elite. His spiral, his teaming with Kenny Omega. I thought that was all great. But what I don't know about is what they're doing with him now. They're teasing the Dark Order stuff and... Listen, I I don't like the Dark Order. I find them boring. I don't care for their comedy. I don't think they're... You know, this game-changing comedy act, John Silver. People love him. People love him. I'm not one of those people. I just don't understand what we're doing with Hangman Page here. And I understand he's kind of like, yeah, he lost. And Kenny's the champion now. That could have been him. But you would think you would act more upon that. I feel like they're missing a story part here. Like, it feels like they're skipping a chapter of, like, his denial from losing. It was just like, send him right into this story, and I don't know. I think him and Page could be doing more. Now, this could be leading to something down the line, so I'm going to be patient. But right now, I'm not loving what they're doing with Hangman Page. 
I think he deserves a better story than just working with the Dark Order. And I think, or at least hope, that's where they'll end up in the coming month or so. Now, congratulations are in order. Again, we have another wrestling baby. Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes have announced that Brandy is pregnant. Very exciting. Happy for them. Cody's going to be a dad. Brandy's going to be a mother. Very happy for them. What, a month after Moxley and Renee Young announced it? So very cool. Very cool. Happy for them. Brandy's going to, you know, more than likely be off TV. So some people may see that as a good thing. But this is really cool. And I feel like it's been a, you know, 2020 has been such a rough year. But at the same time, we've had Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch have their kid. John Moxley and Renee Young are having a kid. And now Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. So it's not all bad, folks. It's not all bad. Something I wanted to talk about here, and this will be our more lengthy part, is the proposed tag team match I see coming between Team Taz and the Cody Darby situation. Now, this was another week where they walked out there. They could have beat Cody down. It was 5-on-1, or 5-on-2 if you want to count Arn. But Sting came out, and they ran away because he had a baseball bat, and he's 61 years old. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. But this has to be leading to a six-man tag, I'm guessing. That will be Sting's first match. Um, I'm guessing Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Cody, Darby Allen, and Sting. I think that's the way to go here. Because you don't want Sting to just go in there and have the singles match. Especially, I don't know how his ring rust is. I don't know how his neck is. But you don't want him, you know, going there and trying to have a singles match with someone like Darby Allen or something. I think this is the way to go. I think this is an interesting combination. And I like the idea of Darby and Sting teaming, even if it's just for this one time. And I'm guessing they would be the ones taking the win. Because Team Taz has been an earful. And Team Taz is interesting to look at. Because I feel like... Yeah, they went on Dark. But when it comes to AEW, they don't win that much. If um, I don't I don't remember the last time Brian Cage had a match. So, I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh... I don't know how many times we're going to act like they're going to attack before we actually get this match. I can see Cody possibly turning heel in this situation. Um, I think they've been trying to hold back on the Cody heel turn, but he's at a point right now where he just kind of feels like he's stuck in the mud. And he plays a great heel, so I think that would be the right avenue to go down. And, you know, he can attack Sting because that's the match he wants. And that seems like a perfect match for uh, Revolution. I think that would be a great match if that's going to be his first singles, Cody versus Sting. That's a a huge match. Huge match. 
Now, that's just what I would do. We'll see what happens. Kenny Omega was on Impact again this week. And he has a match at Hard to Kill. He will be teaming with the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, to face the Impact World Champion Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. That is massive. Hard to Kill is going to have a lot of buys, people. A lot of buys. Kenny Omega is a must-see. That's what he is. He's must-see, and especially in a place like Impact, which a lot of us consider a smaller company. That's huge. And I'm happy for him because this is going to be a good match. This is going to be a good match. I'm excited to see Kenny go against the likes of an Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and Rich Swan. That's going to be fun. And I wonder if this new you know, trio, a.k.a. old trio, because they were Bull Club members, do they end up on AEW television down the line? That's something we're going to have to see. Dustin Rhodes had a interview on here, and he's making it clear, you know, he's going to go after the Dark Order. One by one, he's looking to take them all out. And this promo was very fiery, like, Dustin Tustin cuts a good promo. And the story they're trying to tell here is he's the least important Rhodes out of Dusty, Cody, and Dustin. And I think that's a story to bite on in terms of interest level, in terms of where this can go. And I want to propose to all of you, how's a story where Dustin, in a very long telling story, becomes world champion for the first time in his career? I know. I know, it seems crazy. Dustin Rhodes, world champion. But there's a story there that fans can buy into. There's a story, he's never been world champion. You know, he does it in the middle of the ring. And who knows who takes it from him. But I think there is a interest level in Dustin Rhodes getting that one final run. That's what I think would be pretty cool. I mean, he cuts a great promo. He still wrestles fantastic. Who says no? That's just me. And my final point from All Elite Wrestling this week was the triangle between Archer, um, Lance Archer, Death Triangle, and Eddie Kingston. This is the best thing on AEW, not named Kenny Omega. Lance Archer wants to take Eddie Kingston's head off. Pac wants to take Eddie Kingston's head off. It's a perfect, perfect situation. These, to me, these three are the top contenders for either the TNT title or the AEW world title. I think that's where you have to go with this. I think that's where you should go with this. You know, winner gets a shot at either belt. And, you know, Pac is my favorite guy in AEW. He's playing this... He's playing this great baby face that, you know, he's not backing down. He's angry all the time. He is the bastard. And his character hasn't changed much, but he is a baby face. And it's very interesting to see 
how this goes moving forward, but I'm loving where we're going. I'm wondering how this match comes because, you know, you got the Butcher and the Blade, you got the Lucha Bros, they're involved, but Archer's just kind of, you know, the solo guy. So where does he go? That's what I'm interested in. And to me, you know, I'd have Pac be champion within within the next six months. Ace doesn't matter the title. Whether it be a trios tag situation or the TNT or even possibly the AEW world title, I think you could work that out there. And um, Pac came back out at the end of the night with Death Triangle. And they set up Phoenix versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship on the final episode of the year. So that's going to be exciting. And I think something really important there was Pac said, I'm not going to be selfish. This is for Phoenix. And Pac has a great promo. He's great in the ring. I would love them to rekindle the Kenny Omega-Pac rivalry because now the roles are reversed. And I think that could be a very interesting story to tell. So, that's it for AEW this week. Let's get on to Stardom. Stardom has a massive, massive show this weekend. Osaka, Dream, Cinderella. Both of the big titles are on the line. The red belt's on the line in the main event. The white belt's on the co-main event. These are big matches. And... I'm going to preview that, but first I want to talk really quickly about match I saw this past week between Takumi Roja and Nene Takahashi. This match kicked all sorts of ass. And I think that's something I say continuously about these types of matches. But as I watched it, you know, you just, to me, the greatness of what Joshi is is the strikes, the speed, and the intensity that these women fight with. And these two delivered that. Takumi is one of the best, if not the best, wrestlers right now. In the world. Her match with Mayu Iwatani, as I've said before, match of the year to me. Either one that she's had with her this year. And this match with Nene Takahashi from last year was amazing. It was brutal. It was technical. It was everything you want out of a great wrestling match. And it wasn't too long. That's something really important. That's why I love Joshi. They don't necessarily need to go 45 minutes to make a great match. They go 15, 25, and it feels like they get their story out there. There's not a million finishers being kicked out of. It's it's a great way they tell their story of these physical battles. And something interesting about most of these matches that I watch are that Usually, there's no commentary, so you really get to listen to the two wrestlers usually interact, the sound of the strikes. It's 
it gives you a better in-depth look. I kind of wish that was a thing you could do with WWE, but I digress. This match was great. I highly recommend it. That's that. So, let's preview this wonderful pay-per-view we have coming up. Osaka Dream Cinderella. Starting from the top, we got the Future of Stardom Championship on the line. Micah defends it against Saya and Talsai. I think Micah defends it here successfully. I like her a lot. I think, to me, you know, you got Julia, you got Siri, you got Hamika, but I think Micah is far above Hamika in terms of quality. I think she is going to be a star in stardom within the next year. I mean, she's already a champion, future stardom champion for a reason, but she's so good, and I, you know, I feel pretty confident about saying that. Now, I'm not going to go through all the matches. I'm just going through title matches here. Um, we get the high-speed championship, Azumi versus May. Azumi better win this. Um, I could talk all night about how great Azumi is. She is unfairly good for her age. She is 18 years old, and she is one of the best, one of my favorites to watch in stardom. And she's only getting better. She's going to be at the top of stardom very soon. And when I say top, I mean she's going to be holding a top title very soon. That's my opinion because she's only getting better. She's only getting better, and that's that. Now, this is a massive match. Some people don't know if it's going to be the breakup of stars. Um, Mayu Iwatani, Starlight Kid, and Death Team to face the Cosmic Angels. Tan Nakano, Mina, and Unagi. Cosmic Angels have been a great team since they formed. They're champions now. And there is a real chance that they break off from stars. I'm wondering if Tam can lead a group by herself. I think she can. I'm picking them to win. And at the, I believe it's the anniversary show, we will get Mayu Iwatani versus Tam Nakano. I think that's where we're building towards. And that'll be a fun match. Um, I mean, I, I've said how much... My Iwatani is my wrestler of the year. So, you know how much I appreciate her. She's one of my favorites. She's the best in the world. So this match is going to be fun. It has a lot of contrasting styles. And the story is... It writes itself. To the co... Main event... Title versus title. Wonder of Stardom champion Julia faces SWA undisputed champion Siri. It is a Donna Del Mondo match. Probably the top two in in the group facing off in the co-main event. This match is everything, you know? Julia has been at the top of her game. For a very long time now. 
She has dominated this year ever since she won. Actually, she's dominated since she joined Stardom. And I don't think she's going to slip up here. I think Julia wins both belts. And I don't think this leads to cracks. I think this is going to be a really great hard-hitting match between these two. I could watch many matches between these two because their styles, they go hand-in-hand. Very physical, a brawler-type style that's going to make you, you know, cringe at the pain that they'll cause. I only imagine good things for this match, but I am picking Julia to win. And finally, the match that I have been waiting for for a very long time. The World of Stardom Championship, the red belt, will be on the line. Utami Hayashishita's first defense of the red belt. And it's against Momo Watanabe. Queen's Quest, the top two in the group, going head-to-head. The leader of Queen's Quest trying to change that she's the only person in the group without a title. The heart wants Momo to win more than anything. I am a massive Momo Watanabe fan. But I am taking Utami Hayashishita to win. I think it's just too early to uncrown her and... It would be great to see Momo win the red belt. It would. It would It would bring me so much happiness. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's in the cards. But this main event's going to be great. These two had a great match in the Grand Prix. And this is probably going to be better. This is an event everyone should watch. This is going to be the perfect close to another fantastic year of stardom wrestling. Even through all the hardships from Kagetsu retiring, from Risa Hushiki retiring, to the tragic, tragic death of Hanakamura, they f- they got through it and they've had a great year of wrestling. Now, this, this event will be a bright spot to lead into the future, a bright 2021 for this company. I'm very excited. You should be too. Now, on to all the WWE stuff. We should probably start with NXT because we have a TLC pay-per-view to predict. So, looking at NXT, very simple week, but it was a good week. We had the way... They have a new uh, video entrance. They're whole, they're a real group. They are a real group, and they were on the show twice. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory teamed up to defeat Leon Ruff and Kushida, while Indy Hartwell lost to Shotzi Blackheart by disqualification. This is a group that is very interesting. It's the present of NXT and the future of NXT. And we all have our own thoughts about Austin Theory. We do. But for someone like Indy Hartwell, I appreciate what they're doing here. And 
I'm I'm intrigued by the group. I'm going to give it life because I think it's a direction for Johnny that he needed. It's a direction for Candace that she didn't necessarily need, but it helps. It helps the character build. Uh, Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. And to nobody's shock, this kicked ass. This was a very good match. To not necessarily decide who is the contender for Io Shirai, but it's to, you know, kind of move up the ranks. And Tony Storm ultimately won when Raquel Gonzalez came in and interfered, pretty much setting up one more match between those two, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm wondering how that goes, because we keep having Rhea Ripley lose these big matches. And there's a point, Triple H, where you weaken her to the point where no one no one sees the star power as much as we did last year at the end of the year. So I'm wondering, do they have her beat Raquel after Raquel pinned Io Shirai in War Games? I don't think so. But what kind of match are we leading to? That's what I'm wondering. Should be interesting. Last woman standing. Maybe that would work for those two. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher continued their feud of sorts. And I think this is leading to another fight pit. Like, I had that feeling when I was watching this again. Like, clearly they're teasing something. I feel like these two would fit very well in the fight pit atmosphere. I enjoyed the fight pit. I thought that was very cool. So I think that's where we're heading. Um, and finally, Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne to decide the number one contender for Finn Balor's NXT Championship at New Year's Evil on January the 6th. And Kyle O'Reilly won. He won again. I didn't think they were going to double down on the Kyle O'Reilly Finn Balor feud. But I am all in. I am all in. I was very pleased to see Kyle win. Kyle was my preference. And I have this weird feeling we're getting the title change. I feel like you don't do this rematch unless Kyle's getting that big moment to kick off 2021. I think that's what I would do. I think that would be perfect. Kyle's earned it. Kyle is deserving of that title. And anyone that disagrees can talk to me. That's who I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I hope Kyle walks out as the NXT champion at New Year's Evil. Now we have two things of predictions this week. I'm going to save the TLC predictions last. And we are about to predict the Slammy Awards which will be streaming live on WWE Network on December 23rd at 10 a.m. So here's the awards we have up. Return of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Rivalry of the Year, Match of the Year, and Superstar of the Year. That's what this WWE.com article says, and those are the ones we are predicting. Starting off with Return of the Year, the nominees are Sami Zayn, Goldberg, MVP, Roman Reigns, and Edge. How do you pick anyone else besides Edge? This is a layup. Edge is winning this award. Anything else is wrong. Edge 
Edge had the return that warmed a lot of people's hearts to kick off 2020 because it was a return that no one ever expected. It was a return that brightened the day that day and it was it was a perfect surprise in one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. Edge is my vote. Edge is going to win this. I think that's the biggest layup of all, all these awards. Now, Tag Team of the Year. We have Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. They were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions at one point. We have the Street Profits, the longest rating Raw Tag Team Champions ever. And the current SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The New Day, which is interesting because they were out for a decent amount of time. Uh, but they were Tag Team Champions at the beginning of the year, Big E and Kofi. And now... Woods and Kofi are champions. So, that's fair. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who won the titles in August. And the Golden Role Models, Bailey and Sasha Banks. My pick, the Golden Role Models. And here's why. Correct, Stray Profits had a far more impressive year, as did the New Day, in terms of tag team title gold. But when the times got tough, the Golden Role Models were on top. They dominated... They did everything you could possibly ask for. Everything. They filled in a huge opening that was needed. You lose Becky Lynch. You lose Charlotte Flair. You lose Roman Reigns. You lose Brock Lesnar. That's four big losses. Four major losses. And Bailey and Sasha Banks filled on it on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT to pump ratings and be superstars. That's my tag team of the year. Easy. That being said, Street Profits will probably win. Alright, rivalry of the year. We have Lana versus Announce Tables, R Truth versus The World, Sasha Banks versus Bailey, Edge versus Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. And Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family. Alright, let's break it down. Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family? Absolutely not. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton? Absolutely not. Edge versus Randy Orton? Maybe. Our truth of the world? No. Lana versus announce tables? Hilarious. But no. Sasha Banks versus Bailey? Yes. To me, this was a feud that you knew was coming. A feud that had a perfect two-match culmination. And a feud that dominated WWE all year. Now, it wasn't they weren't a feud until August. Nope, until September. But that feud was a long-told story. And that's what makes this a perfect feud. That's my pick. My guess is Edge and Randy Orton win, which is a fine second place. But my hope is that Sasha and Bailey win that. Now, the match of the year vote. This has a lot of matches on here that I didn't even think would be in this. So, this is going to be interesting for me to pick. Um, phew. All right. We got Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36. 
we have the New Day versus the Hurt Business in a Raw Tag Team Championship match on November 16th. Very good match. We have Raw versus uh, Raw. We have Edge versus Randy Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash 2020. We have the Men's Royal Rumble match. AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan in the Intercontinental Championship Tournament Finals. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, a Universal Championship Hell in a Cell I Quit match. Now, I would have picked the match before that that they had, so I will not be picking that. Sasha Banks versus Bayley in the Hell in a Cell match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think, by the way we've been doing this, you're getting a hint of what I'll be picking. AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy in an Intercontinental Championship Triple Threat Ladder match at Clash of Champions. And Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. And finally, Becky Lynch versus Asuka at Royal Rumble 2020 for the Raw Women's Championship. My pick is Sasha Banks versus Bayley, because I do believe that is the match of the year in WWE. But the Men's Royal Rumble is a close second for me. And here's the thing. I've said this the past two votes, but what Sasha and Bayley did was build this story perfectly to a T all year long to the point where this match had to deliver, and they did it in every single way. They had creativity in a Hell in a Cell that it's hard to think of creativity, and they had this all-out war that felt like a blow-off match. It was a blow-off match, and saw Sasha Banks come on, on top as the SmackDown Women's Champion. I thought that was perfect. That was my match of the year because it completed the feud of the year. It was a perfect match. It is the match of the year for WWE. And finally, the WWE Superstar of the Year. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Asuka, The Fiend Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre. Now, I'm writing a article right now on who is the WWE Wrestler of the Year. So I will not be giving my pick, but I will be giving my prediction of who they give it to. And I believe they will be giving this to Drew McIntyre. That's that. Now, who do I think it is? You'll have to wait and see that in an article. So let's jump into SmackDown Raw, and eventually the TLC preview and predictions to wrap up the show. So on SmackDown, we saw Big E versus Sami Zayn. I was very excited for this because this was a chance for Big E to jump in the title picture. And Sami Zayn used smarts. Sami Zayn used his wit to sneak away into beating Big E via countout. He has been able to do this multiple times now, and this is another case. Now, I do think Big E will eventually get Sami Zayn's number and become the Intercontinental Champion, but right now, Sami Zayn's doing so well that you should leave that title on him. Roman Reigns put Kevin Owens down again, again, in a brutal, brutal, brutal beatdown, and he 
said into the camera to Kevin Owens' family, I'm going to take the food off of your table that he supplies. That is some harsh shit, buddy. That is family stuff, and that is payback for Kevin Owens getting into his family stuff. This feud has been the best part of WWE television for the past month. Funny, because Roman Reigns has been in the best WWE stuff since he returned at SummerSlam in August. Huh. I'm very excited for this match, as you're about to see in the preview, but we have one thing about Raw, and it's Keith Lee lost clean to The Miz and John Morrison in a handicap match. What the fuck are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing here? This was not what I expected for Keith Lee. If you watched the WWE 24, which I literally reviewed last week, you saw, you saw that Keith Lee was on to big things. Vince talked about that. And yet we get reports this week that he got sent to, back to the Performance Center to work on his in-ring skill. What? And now he's losing to The Miz and John Morrison? In a handicap match? Colleen? Vince, what are we doing here? Keith Lee needs to be in a world title match at WrestleMania. There I said it. There's no other reason why he shouldn't be. I'm trying to think who wins the Men's Royal Rumble. Keith Lee's a perfect option. My pick would be Big E or Keith Lee. That's my options. I think those are the only two options you have. That's the only options you have. Alright, we're on to TLC. TLC is this Sunday, the final pay-per-view of the year for the WWE, and it's looking to be a pretty good one. So let's start from the top. The Raw Tag Team Champions, The New Day, defend against the Hurt Businesses, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. I am predicting a Hurt Business victory here via Cedric Alexander winning it. Because if you've noticed in the past mm, couple weeks or so, Cedric Alexander has been celebrating a lot. A lot to the point where the Hurt Business are confused. And now I think I think you got to throw them a bone here. Have them win. Because I think the Hurt Business have more potential winning the titles and losing them quickly. Because then you can see where Cedric goes from there. There's a story they're telling here with Cedric that I'm trying to figure out. And I think the best scenario, and I don't like flip-flop of titles, but I think this is a good scenario. You have them win. And you have them lose the night after. And that's where he snaps. I think that's where he snaps on Shelton Benjamin. Because he's been kind of hinting that Shelton Benjamin's the weak link. So that's what I'm interested in. But yes. I would have the Hurt Business win. That's my prediction. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending against Asuka. And a mystery partner. So Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler went out of their way to destroy the leg of Lana on Raw. Destroy it. And this is where I get confused as to where we're going with this. Because 
you would think we'd want Lana in that championship match. No, because she's she's the weakest wrestler on the roster. But she did beat Nia Jax this week. Clean, in the middle of the ring. And that's what led to this. And I believe Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going to be regretting that attack. Because now they're going to get a far superior opponent against them. My prediction is that Asuka's partner is the returning Charlotte Flair. And this is the match where Charlotte Flair becomes an official Grand Slam champion once again. She's a Grand Slam champion when the Divas title was recognized. But since the tag team titles have been introduced, that has become the new Grand Slam. This is where she becomes the Grand Slam. Her and Asuka win the tag titles. This leads to a feud that culminates at WrestleMania 37? 37. I think that's the way. I think Charlotte and Asuka will be winning the tag team titles. But just say Asuka so that I'm still right. Even if it's not Charlotte. We have The Fiend versus Randy Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. What in the world is this going to be? If this has anything to do like the Firefly Funhouse match, we are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. But if it's just an Inferno match that's called Firefly, we are not in for a treat. I think Randy Orton wins this match. The Fiend's on fire, but he doesn't react. I think this is a way for Randy Orton to get a win over The Fiend without The Fiend getting pinned. Much like how, you know, Kane used to lose by this back in the day. And it's a good way to get Randy Orton a free win and have The Fiend look strong in losing. I don't know what this is going to be. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be something. We'll see what happens. SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Sasha Banks is winning this. If there's any other result, Vince McMahon, you messed up bigger than you have because you told a beautiful story all year long of Sasha finally getting that title just to have Carmella win it? No. No. That's not what we're doing here. Absolutely not. The WWE Champion Drew McIntyre defends his title against AJ Styles in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. A tables, ladders, and chairs match is automatically must-see TV. You mix in these two competitors, this is going to be a good match, ladies and gentlemen. That's for sure. And Drew McIntyre's walking out of this and still WWE Champion. But I'm going to be very interested to see how these two do. Because AJ Styles has had a good TLC match in the past um, against Dean Ambrose back in the day for the WWE title. While Drew McIntyre was in the WLC match. I'm sorry I reminded you of that, but it's true. Uh, yeah, but I am picking Drew McIntyre to retain. And finally, the main event of the evening. Roman Reigns defends the w, uh, the WWE Universal Championship against Kevin Owens in a TLC match. Roman Reigns is winning this, but Kevin Owens is going to come very close before, I think, the second Uso, Jimmy Uso, screws him over. There's going to be a lot of screwing over in this match. I think we should all know that ahead of time because TLC means anything goes. And Roman Reigns is going to have help. Kevin Owens is going to come very close to winning. 
And there's a good chance this could set up for a second match. I'm excited for this match the most on the entire card. And it should be an event. Plain and simple. I think this is going to be a perfect way to close 2020. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I previewed two shows. Gave you predictions. I gave you Slammy Award predictions. Talked to AEW. I did it all this week. Next week, we will talk results of both TLC and Osaka Cinderella. Uh, shoot. Osaka Dream Cinderella. We will talk results of both of those. What I liked, what I didn't like. We will talk the results of the Slammy Awards. What I hate, what I really hate, because I'm not expecting that to go well. And, of course, the usual NXT and AEW talk, as next week on AEW is the Holiday Bash. Otherwise, be safe, wear a mask, and have a good one, folks. See you next week.